In today's episode, we are talking about the most important things you need to do before you even think about launching a course. Welcome to JFDI with the two Lauras, the podcast for freelance marketers that will help you create a profitable business. Laura Moore and Laura Davis are the two Lauras, freelance social media marketers and ads managers. Between them, they've got decades of insider expertise that they want to pass on to you. They're also the founders of The Inner Hub, the only membership exclusively for freelance social media marketers, dedicated to helping every member build a profitable business they love. This podcast is sponsored by Agora Pulse. So in this episode, we're sharing what we've learned from selling out multiple six-figure courses, and we've taught thousands of students over the years. And we're going to share exactly what you need to do before you're launching a course of your own, because as well as having all of this success, we have also had failed courses, and we learned a lot from that. So I think it's important that we kind of dive into both sides so you can understand what you need to do and what you need to kind of avoid, because... If you're a social media manager who's kind of at capacity and you're thinking that the best way to move forward with your income is to launch a course, that can be a great idea. But if you don't do it well, it can also kind of knock your confidence and feel really demotivating. And when you do do it well, you can make a lot of money. So let's talk about it. What's the first thing then that that you want to talk about that is really important to help people who are launching a course? The first thing I'm going to what I want to talk about is the, probably the thing that people will go, oh, I know this already, so I'm not just, I'm just not going to listen to this. But I just want you to just, just, just li- try and listen. <laughs> it's, it's about building the right audience. Now, you'll be like, oh, that's fine. I've got an audience of your niche, your particular industry. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Let's just fast forward the podcast. You have to remember the people who you've built an audience. So say you're a social media marketer. Your business has been built on providing social media management so a higher ticket product essentially or offer and a done for you offer yes that is a very very different type of audience even though it's in the same niche as someone who wants to take a course and Mm. you need to build an audience of people who want to do a course and it's not just about price because obviously sometimes courses can be really expensive can be more expensive than hiring you as a social media manager in some cases. So it's not just about price, although to a degree that will have a bearing, but it's about the people you're trying to find people who want to take the course, who want to implement it themselves. Maybe they've got their internal team to be able to implement social media. So they want to put those on the course. So yes, your audience will still be the same in terms of you're still operating in that niche that you've always been operating in, but that, that person's intent is going to be different. So you need to build an audience of people who want a course. And if you don't do that and just keep talking to the people that you've built an audience of, of people who want social media management, it's you're going to be disappointed because you're not, you haven't got an audience of people who are buyers and you've not primed them ready to buy. Um, and that's not to say that you can't still have those people in your audience who will be your management oh, yeah, yeah. clients because you might still want to have yeah. those people. You can still do that. But you need to widen out that audience. And if, like Laura said, if you don't do that, then you're trying to sell something to people who have no intention of ever buying it. And that's where lots of people fall down. They feel like they, oh, I've got a decent audience. So, you know, why aren't they buying it? Is it because it's rubbish? Is it because it's too expensive? Is it because, you know, like there could be loads of other reasons they think it is. But actually, it's just that the people are wrong. You may find that you've 
built the wrong audience for your social media management or your ads management mm. or whatever it is that you offer, you you may find that's the problem. And in yeah. actual fact, you have already got that audience and you may find that you've already got people coming to you saying, I can't afford your management, but I want, do you do a course? Do you do training? That kind of stuff. And in mm. which case you're fine, you're good to go, but you do need to do that audit, I guess, of your own audience to check that you've got the right audience, to check that people are going to buy. Yeah, you need to research, don't you? You need to like ask the question, you know, put your story polls up and, you know, literally survey your audience and find out, are they in that right mindset? And this isn't just about your social media audience. And obviously that's what we as social media marketers tend to kind of instantly think about when we talk about growing our audience, but we're talking also about your email. Um, and you might find that you need to segment your list a little bit, you know, because you might have people on your list who hundred percent are just on your waiting list to be one of your management clients and they're not interested in your courses. So there may, you may have to look at your email list and think, do I need to audit this? How, like, how should I be splitting my list up? Can I make sure that my emails are relevant to the right people? And I've got a really horrible, harsh truth coming right now. If you don't have an email list, you are not ready to launch a course. Focus on your email list first. That is so important. That is the place that you're going to be able to best sell your course. That's where you're going to get those conversions from. And we've spoken about email marketing numerous times on the podcast. Um, So go back and listen to some of those past episodes. We'll link to those in the show notes. But please don't think about launching a course until you've grown an email list. You need those people to sell to you might, yeah, you could probably launch a course and, you know, sell five or 10 people. But if you want to make good money and be able to sell it numerous times, you need that email list. Yeah. And like our email list is a, by far our biggest converter. You know, we're social media mm. marketers and we're ads managers. And our, so you'd have thought, oh, these, these guys will know what they're doing. And we do know what we're doing. But And one of the things we know what we're doing about is the fact that our email list is our biggest converter. So our ads and our social media marketing, it's all about building that list because our email works yeah. so well for us. But we're not alone with that. We're not some random one-off different to anybody else. Email marketing and, and conversions from email are always going to be much higher than social media. So do spend some time building that. And like, I think people get excited. They're like, oh, I really want to launch this course. Someone's asked me for it. A few people have asked me for it. And I want to launch this course. And they get really excited and they go big on it because the the audience building, I guess, is the boring bit. And it's like, oh, but I Mm. I just want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. But actually, it's really important if you want to do it and want to do it well and reap the benefits is to take your time and make sure that you're building that audience before you launch it. And like, we know this because that's how we've got sales, but we also know this because, well, I don't know about you, but when I, my very first course, I didn't have that. I didn't have an email list. Guess what happened to that course? No one bought it. It was a flop, like a handful of people bought it, but it was a flop and it was a great course, but it was because I didn't have the right people to sell it to. The people who were in my world were people who wanted power hours or people who wanted to hire me as a a social media manager or an ads manager. There weren't people who wanted to do a course and I certainly didn't have them on my email list. So I spent time making this course, which we'll talk about in a minute anyway. That was totally the wrong way to go about it. But I didn't have anyone to sell it to. And if you haven't got anyone to sell it to, you're not going to make any sales. So I think it's really important. Like I think as marketers, that should in theory go without saying. And, you know, we don't want to harp on too much about your email marketing. We've got loads of podcasts which we've uh, recorded before about the importance of that and how you can make the most of that. So we'll link to those in the show notes. Yeah. 
Okay, so the next thing I think people really need to understand is the numbers, which straight away people go, yeah, I think this might shock you. <laughs> like, it's, this is the shocking part that very few people talk about. Look, there's so many courses out there that teach you how to make a course and they teach you how to sell a course. They don't talk about this yeah. bit. And this is the important bit. And this is why people f not fail because, you know, you might still be making sales, but it's why you're not making as many sales as you want to be making because people just don't talk about this unsexy stuff. Like, you know, I hate numbers I and I hate data. That's sexy. no secret. But this is important. Yeah, you weirdo. <laughs> But it's the numbers and the conversion rates that are important, yeah. isn't it? Because yes, you have the right have to have the right type of people, but you need to have a lot of people and you probably need to have the a lot more thing. people than you yeah. think you need. So mm. the industry conversion rates for courses, now it does vary massively, obviously depending on the industry and depending on your price point, but the average is 1%. And if you're doing really, 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 really well and have got high conversion, it's maybe like 5%. Um, and if that's normally, if it's like a low ticket course and probably to like a really, really warm, primed, ready to buy audience. So you really need to think about those numbers and kind of do the maths a little bit. So again, it comes back to that building your audience. If you know the maths, you know roughly, worst case, how big your audience needs to be based on how much you want to earn. So Let's say you might, you're launching a course and you want to make five grand, for example, and you're selling your course for 100. That means you need to sell 50. Now, it would be nice if that would mean that you just need to go and find 50 people. But we now know that that's not the case. So considering those conversion rates we've just talked about, that means that we need to at least 5,000 people on our sales page. So that's not on our Instagram, that's people who've actually clicked on the link and there'll be the conversion rates to get people from social onto your sales page, which you could take into account as well, but let's not overcomplicate it. So you want 5,000 people on your sales page. So that's your worst case scenario. That's based on our the 1% conversion rate. And let me just say, like the 1% conversion rate, you still need to have a really strong sales page for that. You still need to have the yeah. right people landing on it. Yeah, so then best case, which was obviously the 5%. So if you're sending really, really warm, primed, ready to buy people to that sales page and you're going to convert at that 5%, you still need 1,000 people on your sales page. Like 1,000. Like if you go in Google that, Analytics. Like that, it's yeah, quite shocking, isn't go it? Go in Google Analytics. Look how many people are just on average going on your website. Mm. And there will be some people who go, oh, no, well, I, when I launched my course, I got... Obviously, there is going to be massive variations to this because we can't speak mm. specifically. But this is... For our industry, This is these are good benchmarks to go by. And we see it ourselves. We see when we put the legwork in, when we do really, really well, and when we invest time and sometimes money in our launches... We can, we reap the benefits and we can see, and we can, we've had conversions over 5%, much higher than 5%, but we've worked for that. Like we've properly grafted. And then there are other times where we've launched courses where we've not done that legwork and we will see that in the results. It's fairly clear yeah. cut, you know, so these numbers are really, really important to pay attention to. 
And I think these numbers are something to bear in mind as well, especially if you're thinking, well, I'm just going to launch a nice little evergreen course. It's going to sit on my website. When people ask me for it, I can tell them to go and buy it. Great. But if you want to make five grand off of that a month, you know, even if you want to make less, you still need a lot of people to go on that website and go on that sales page. And if you and that's an evergreen course that you're not doing a launch for, so you're not warming people up for it. You probably need even more people on there because they're not warm. So which obviously, you know, just reminds you that an evergreen course isn't always the easiest way. Well, it's definitely not the easiest way to to have a course. People need to obviously have a reason to buy. But thinking that you're going to launch an evergreen course and it's going to be easy and people are going to buy it, just bear in mind this maths. So do you think that that means that somebody shouldn't launch a course if they don't have that many people visiting their website? No, I think people just need to be A, realistic and B, they can change things, can't they? So if they're dead set that they want to make five grand off that course, for example, and obviously we're just plucking numbers out there, you'd have to make five grand. Um, you could just increase your price, couldn't you? You could say, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not going to get that amount of people on my site. I haven't got that bigger audience. I have got an audience. I feel like, you know, but I'm not, I'm not going to have that bigger audience. So you could say, well, I need to increase the price of this course. So obviously you do, that doesn't just mean you're going to chuck another naught on the end of it. You've got to make sure the course is relevant to the price that you, you're putting on there. So you might need to think, how can I make this course more valuable? You might have to review it all, blah, 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 blah. But no, you can totally just change the price so you can still meet your goals. It's all a numbers game, isn't it? But at the end yeah, of the day, it, it has to be profitable. It has like, it, and, and this is another probably geeky passion of mine you have to make decisions based on profit in your business and if you're going to invest in maybe a few different tools and some tech and places to host your course and checkouts all of that there's a financial investment you need to make if your course is not going to cover that it is not profitable it is not a good business decision so you need to be pricing your courses based on what you need to cover and obviously people will say oh yeah but I'm going to keep the course running for years and years and years you need it to be making a profit pretty bloody quickly otherwise you're not going to enjoy it um so you need to have your profit top of mind when you're doing this and then that hopefully will make you go you know what shit the two laws are right here I do not have a big enough audience yet so I'm going to pause on this and I'm going to build, my focus is building my audience ready to sell. Yeah. And I think this is why it worries us when people are like, I'm going to launch a course. How much should I charge for this? How much would you charge for it? Well, what I would charge, it's probably going to be very different to you because we've got a team. We pay freelancers. We've got Carrie who works for us for, you know, in, in an employed role. We've got no end of tools that we pay for every month. Our outgoings are very different to your outgoings. So, us telling you what you should charge for your course, we might be not accounting for what you're paying for. So it needs to be based on your numbers in your business, as do all of your prices for everything. So I just always, yeah, just bear that in mind as well when it comes to pricing. Mm. So the third thing that you need to do before you are launching a course is you need to validate your idea. Yes. This is so important. We have ditched so many ideas after putting them out into the world and having very little interest. And you might be thinking, oh yeah, but what do people think about you then? They must think, oh God, Laura's, you come up with all these ideas and then you just sack them off. No, (laughs) no one is paying any attention to us. 
No one remembers what we've done, what we've said, what we're going to do, what we've sacked off, what we haven't created. People can't remember what they had for breakfast the day before. They're not going to remember what the two Lauras might have put on social three weeks ago and then never mentioned again. No. Our members don't remember that we record everything and we tell them every single month. So they're not going to remember what we put on on Instagram. So you don't have to worry that you're going to put something out into the world, then not do it and people are going to hold it against you. That is not going to happen. And if you don't validate your ideas, you're going to spend tons of time and money and effort on something that people potentially are not going to buy. Because sometimes you can put something out into the world saying, look, I'm thinking of doing this. Are you interested? And you don't get a response. And then a week later, you say, I'm thinking about doing this. And you say the same, but slightly worded slightly differently because you've kind of gone away and thought about it. And suddenly everyone's like, oh my God, yes. And it's the oh my God, yes, is what you need. Mm. And you need the oh my God, yes, before you put pen to paper, if you actually put pen to paper. So let's talk about how then, how you can... Um, validate your idea because this is so like I cannot explain how important this is the f- and we see so many people who are like on their stories I'm building a course I can't wait to tell you about it well tell me about it before you build it so I can tell you whether I want it or not yeah you know so and there's there's various different ways that you need to do this and you need to do a mixture of all of these things by the way don't just pick one and think oh that sounds li- like the easiest I'm going to do that you need to survey your audience so you need to actually ask them things and you can do that in so many different ways. And like Laura said, you can ask about the same thing, but in different, with different words. But you can ask about the same thing on different platforms in the same way or at different times of day, different days of the week, what have you. So social media polls are amazing mm. for this. You know, stick a poll sticker in your Instagram stories, um, put a poll on LinkedIn, whatever. Polls are brilliant. But don't just do one. Ask them in multiple ways. You can also do a proper survey. So like we use Airtable or Typeform for things like that. Um, where you can literally go out and ask your audience specific questions. But you could also just have conversations with people. Mm. Who is it that's in your world already who you think might be a buyer for a course you're thinking about? Go and ask them questions. And literally, like, you know, can I just pick your brain for two minutes? This thing that I'm thinking about might benefit you. So if you can just answer me a couple of questions, that would really help. And ask the people who are in your DMs. You know, if somebody's in your DM asking you questions... Maybe you want you're thinking about doing an Instagram Reels course, and there's people in your questions in your DMs asking you questions already about Instagram Reels. Just ask them: Would you ever consider taking a course about this? By the way, or you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Is that something that would be of interest to you? And then you can get actual real yes or no's from real people, so you know whether or not you're wasting your time. But the most important thing I think is that you should pre-sell it before you create it. Yeah, we do this all the time, don't we? That is the best way. To know the people are mm. going to put their hand in their pocket and pay for your course is by selling it before you build it. Like, I cannot yeah. stress how soul-destroying it is if you spend time, and it's not quick to create a course, you know, if you spend time, no. energy, you pay for things maybe, you know, you've set up your checkout, you've maybe paid for someone to write your sales page, you've done all of this stuff. And then no one actually wants that course. Mm. It's soul destroying and it's such a waste of your time, energy. But people feel like selling it before you've created it is scary. So then they don't do it. But do you know what's scarier is spending all of that time creating something and no one buying it. 
And if you if you sell it before you create it and no one buys it, that's telling you something very important. No one wants it. Yeah. You're wasting your time. So you have to sell it before you create it. If you feel the fear a little bit, then do it as a beta. Say to people, I'm mm. launching a brand new course. This is the first time I'm going to do it. Timeframes will be roughly this and this. So you've got wiggle room. You've got flexibility because people understand that they're buying into a beta and the whole point of the beta is that it's a it's a, like a test essentially. Um, yeah. And we've done this. We did a beta and it turned out it was longer than we thought. It, we told people it was going to be, but they're not, they're still happy. They get, and actually they ended up getting way more than we ever considered at the inception that we were going to deliver because we were very reactive to what people were asking us during that time. And we were saying, oh, you know, mm. this isn't quite working. They're not quite getting this. Let's do another lesson on this. Let's do another thing on this. Let's give them this resource. So it turned, they got, they were quids in. And yes, it went on a couple of we more weeks longer, but when they signed up, it was a case of, well, this is a beta. So the goalpost will shift, but we promise you we'll, we'll deliver you this and we'll get you to this point. But how we get there may vary slightly. So just be honest. And then that takes the pressure off. You're not promising a polished, perfectly done course because you're, you can't promise that when you've never delivered it before. So it's a great way to pre-sell it, but with a little bit of wiggle room for you if you're feeling kind of the pressure of, of doing that. Yeah. And you might think, well, okay, but I, if I pre-sell it, does that mean I have to do it? And it absolutely doesn't. Like we've pre-sold things and had a few buyers, but not as many as we need to make it profitable because remember, this is all about profit. And so we've refunded them. We've yeah. been like, nope, this isn't going to work. We're not going to do it. Here you go. Here's your money back. Yeah. And people, you know, people will appreciate that. Yes, they might feel like they're missing out on something. But if we're being honest and being like, look, this doesn't work. This isn't what we want to deliver. We want to do something better instead. Here's your money back. They're not going to moan about having their money back. No. <laughs> you know, that's a bonus. They've got money back in their account they weren't expecting. So don't think that you have to go ahead and deliver on something that you've pre-sold if it hasn't worked. We've talked a lot about how to validate and build a program at the same time um, back in episode 54, uh, which was called How to Create a Four-Week Program. So go back and listen to that episode if you are thinking about launching a course. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Should we talk about one of the mistakes we made with our very first sort of launch? Because I think that would be helpful. Yeah. We don't like talking about our mistakes really, but I think, you know, it's important. So one of the very first mistakes we made, and you might be thinking that like, I want to get this course out there as cheaply and easy as possible. I want to do it really, really quick. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's what we've done. But it might make your life harder in the long run. And you kind of want to have that long-term thinking a bit. When we first launched, we didn't really know any of that. So we wanted to get things out in the world really easily, really quickly. So we just picked whatever we could use to easily go and sell it. And then over time, we were like, oh, we can add on more to it. We, you know, we wanted to add on split payments, for example, so that people didn't have to pay a big chunk in one go. They could split their payments. We wanted to have an affiliate program, for example. So once we realized that we needed all of that, we then had to move to Thrivecart, which is what we've used since 2020, which is brilliant. But the issue for us is that because we didn't use that from day dot, we now have a really complicated record system like behind the scenes and it makes our life so 
difficult. If people come back to us and they're like, oh, I bought this in 2019 and how do I access it and all of that stuff? Like it takes us ages to go find that information. It's not great. So our regret, if you like, our mistake was not thinking long-term from the beginning and, you know, just going like with a Stripe link or a PayPal link might be an easy way to get a course out. But in the long term, if you are thinking, oh, you know, you're going to do this for a year, two years, however long down the line. And at some point you want to offer people different ways to pay or at some point you want to have the people who've done your course become affiliates to help you promote it. You need to think about that from day dot yeah. because otherwise it will make life really difficult. And I think a lot of these tools are, you know, you can pay, a, you know, a lump sum. Like, it's like Thrivecart, you don't pay for that monthly. It's just a one-off payment. So... Although it might be like, oh, I don't really want to pay for it. But actually, it's far scarier <laughs> one year down the line. And I, you know, trust us on this to have to kind of backtrack. Mm. You know, there's nothing we can do. And, you know, it's like migrating all your stuff from one place to another. The kind of the headache that gives us is well worth just going, you know what? I need to invest in this. I need to make this work and future proof it. And especially when it's products and tools that you might need that is um, you can use on an ongoing basis. It's a no-brainer, but sometimes it can feel a bit scary to make those steps. But actually, it's yeah, it's way scarier to not and then wish you hadn't and have to then deal yeah, with it. Yeah, and then you have to pay somebody to go and unpick everything and move it all to somewhere else and migrate all that information. It's just such a massive ball ache mm. like every time we have a support ticket come in i'm like please be in thrive cart please be in thrive cart because if yeah. you're not it's just like i've got to go and find the login details for all of these other places that we have to go and look and it's yeah. just yeah. and there's a cost to it's that not you easy. know we have to keep running certain elements of our business that we originally started with because that's where all the data and information is and it's just easier mm. to keep that in there and we there's a cost to, to that yeah so it can work out more expensive in the long run yeah, definitely. By the way, so Laura's been talking about Thrivecart, which is what we use. If you do want to go and check that out, make sure that you use our referral link, which is the twolauras.com forward slash Thrivecart. Because if you then do dive into Thrivecart, we will give you a nice little bonus, which is a sales page template. And then all you need to do is just go and put all your copy in it and it's already built for you in there. So you don't need to worry about, you know, all of that sort of side of it. Um, so we'll put the link for that in the show notes, but it's the twolauras.com forward slash Thrivecart. What is the final thing that people should think about before they launch a course? So the final thing is to have a launch plan in place. You cannot just go onto social one day and go, I've got a new course. Here you go. Mm. You need a whole proper marketing launch plan of how you're going to build that audience that we've spoken about, how you're going to get them ready to buy, how you're going to actually sell it, um, you need that all in place. It, and the, the one thing I, I remember someone said to us, the, one that, the first time you launch any course, membership, what have you, you'll always be your most excited, your most kind of passionate about it, your most proud about it. So the marketing and the sell of it will always be so much easier the very first time you go for it, which is why mm. you should really go for it. Like go proper, yeah. full on, head in, get that out there because when you're two years down the line and still trying to flog this course I can tell you I can put money on it your the spark will have gone because you're you know you're repeating the same things so it's really important to take that 
excitement and that kind of passion for that launch of that first time you've done that course or whatever it may be like and get it with both hands and actually go for it because like we've touched on we hear it a lot people will say oh you know I only want this course really just to sit on my website so if someone can't afford me I can send them to that which is all very well and good but like we've talked about you have to be planning these courses with profit in mind People don't just turn up on your website and don't just go, oh, I'm going to buy that course, especially in our industry. (laughs) How many courses do we see a day about Instagram Reels, you know, LinkedIn this, how to write a bio? They're like everywhere. They are everywhere. So you you have to market it. You're a marketer. It should come easily. Because if it was easy that people to just put it on your website and people roll up and buy it, then like, well, we'd all be sat on a, beach somewhere wouldn't we in the Maldives yeah we would not be recording podcasts right now talking about how to do (laughs) it we would just be millionaires sitting on a beach not that easy and so you have to give people a reason to buy you have to understand the kind of psychology behind how people are buying you need a proper structured launch plan behind you it doesn't have to be overly complicated it doesn't have to be scary you know there's plenty of resources out there if you've if you've done our social proof social media marketing course, you've got a whole section on launching and a whole launch plan you can refer back to. And if you haven't done that program, then you can go and check it out at the twolauras.com forward slash social hyphen PRF. And it, it doesn't have to be complicated, but it does have to be done well if you want to kind of get your baby into the world in kind of full pout. Yeah, definitely don't just go out there and just say, oh, I've launched my course today and leave it at that. You know, no one cares. You need to think about different ways that you can make sure that people understand what the course is, you know, why the offer is so irresistible to them, why they cannot live without this. And I think this a lot of this comes back as well to, yes, it's your messaging in your in your launch, but it's also what makes your course different to everybody else's? Because mm. like Laura said, there are so many options out there. Yours needs to be very specific to your audience who we've already talked about. So during that validation period, you're not just finding out, yes, they want a course. You need to find out exactly what kind of course, what needs to be in it, you know, what are the problems? So that when you're launching it, you're using the words that they've told you, you are solving those problems that they've kind of shown you in that pre-validation process so that people are seeing your marketing and they're like, yes, I want to buy this. They're opening your email. They're like, oh, hooray, finally she's launched this. Now I can buy it, you know? And it's a lot of it comes in that build-up period, doesn't it? So you're like, it's coming, it's coming. Don't just rock up one day and say, my course is here. There needs to be that build-up to it. So that pre-validation piece is part of that build-up. Yeah. Because that's starting to get people's interest and getting their their brains firing, thinking, oh, this sounds great. I wonder what's in it. I wonder when she's launching it. I wonder if it's going to be right for me. And you build up that interest before you go ahead and actually have that launch. And it is really hard to have that energy the second and third time. So you need to think of other ways that you can do that. And sometimes it could be that you have, uh, you know, you're delivering it in a different way. Maybe the first time you're delivering it live. So then the second time you can get excited because you're not delivering it live. You know, it's pre-recorded or you're adding in different bonuses or you've made tweaks and you're excited about those tweaks. And it's all of those things that can kind of build you up that excitement again. Um, Like our toolkit, we launched our toolkit, which obviously isn't a course, it's very different, but we launched that in 2019. And when we very first launched that, we were so excited. Over the years, it's 
it's become harder and harder to think about different ways to talk about it. So when we recently revamped it slightly, it brought that excitement back again, didn't it? Mm. So, you know, how can you do that over time to build that excitement back? And when you've got an evergreen course, it's even harder to do that. And by evergreen, I mean just a course that's just going to sit on your website and theoretically people can go and buy it anytime you want. You still need to be marketing that. Like our toolkit is evergreen, but we still mention it all the time. It's still in our emails all the time because if people don't realize that it's there, they can't, they're not going to go and randomly land on your website and buy it. So it's all these things you need to think about before you ever think about bringing a a course into the world, like bringing a baby into the world. You need to know what your plan is. (laughs) (laughs) Less painful though. Okay, so let's just recap on what we've discussed then So because we've covered a lot. So we need to make sure that we're, number one, building the right audience, people who are primed and ready to buy courses. We need to understand our maths. So we need to look at our conversion rates and figure out what that means for you based on what profit you want to make, et cetera, et cetera, and how much you want to charge, all of that jazz. You need to think about the long game in terms of your investments to be able to deliver your courses ongoing in the best way. You need to validate your idea, make sure actually people want that course. And finally, you need to have a bit of a launch plan. So number five was a launch plan. Go out all bells and whistles, especially the first time you do it. Um, And yeah, don't expect people to just come and find that course and buy it. Unfortunately, it's just not that easy. We love talking about this stuff, don't we? Mm. So if you have got questions about how you can bring a course into the world, if you're in the Inner Hub, obviously ask us anything in the community there. If you're not in the Inner Hub, get on the waiting list at the thetwolauras.com forward slash Inner Hub. Um, or you can just drop into our DMs. We are on all of the social platforms as at the two Lauras and ask us anything because we love talking about, you know, all the aspects of the course, whether it's the tech or the delivery or all of that stuff. It, this is the sort of thing that we're quite excited about. So we are always happy to answer questions. So we will be back same time next week. We'll see you then. Ciao, Bella. Oh, nice. Um, bye. <laughs>